When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? This is episode 40. Episode 40. Wow. Of the Melchester Odyssey. I'd be happy if it never ended. I'm not bored at all. I I can't get enough of this. I dread the day when we complete the second volume we're going to go through, which is Roy the Rover's 70s. Yeah, but don't worry, Sam, because as I've said to you, I've been accumulating actual issues of the comic. I think that once we (laughs) end and have done every Roy the Rover's comic strip, Mm -hmm. we start again from the beginning. Because... Mm. We'll, because of the way in which we approach our material on this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, we will always have something different to say because it's, a lot of it depends so. on what what mood we're in and what's been mm. going on in our worlds that week. A lot of it yeah. has no relation whatsoever to Roy the Rovers anyway. So I could see us just carrying this on and on and on until we die. Until we're very, very old men. Mm. Yeah. Which one of us do you think is going to die first, Sam? Really good question. Um, well, I think I'm slightly healthier than you, but yeah, I am also you're younger as well. I would also say I'm yeah, I'm younger and healthier, but I am probably more stressed, which means that I can right. see myself having a, a heart attack, but <laughs> I can't see you having a heart attack. Uh, can you not? Nah. Well, I can for kind. fitness reasons. But yeah. you're not a stress head. So I think, in a way, that equals us out. I'm a bit more of a stressed person. Right. I worry yeah. a lot. And I, I'm a bit um, highly strung, aren't I? Whereas you're a bit more on an even keel. Maybe. Maybe. So, I don't um, know. That, that, that's why it's close. Uh, what else? What other factors are there? Genetics. Well, both our parents are alive, yours and mine. Yeah, uh- I've got no, I've got no sort of like uh, history of cancer in the family. For well, example. hang on, my so mum had on. bowel cancer. It's definitely going to be me because my mum had bowel cancer in her sixties. She did recover, but still, she got it. And right. um, my dad had a heart attack in his early seventies and had to have a double bypass. Right. So those are the two biggest killers, aren't they? Well, actually, no, maybe probably. not. Yeah. Certainly, heart diseases. So I've got on each side two of the biggest kids. I'm either going to get cancer or heart attack or both. Who knows? Plus as well, after the old thing with the pharmacists, you're uh, more prone to assassination as well. I'm definitely a bigger am, target. I'm a bigger yeah. target. Well, I physically, mean, you're a bigger target, yeah. I'm, I'm taller, but also, so people yeah. can see me. They often say mm. it's the highest 
poppy in the field gets its head chopped Cutting off first. The tall poppies, I, yeah. I'm a lanky exactly cunt, true. so often, you know, like when I was younger, I'd go to West, I'd go up West Ham, uh, maybe to an away game. Oh, and I'd be there, stood in the away end, and I would be giving it so much mouth to mm. the home support. Unbelievable. And there yeah. I was, a big gangly youth, right? And I really stood out because I was tall. I was lanky like Rodney Trotter. And I also had long shaggy hair, which was very noticeable. And mm. and sometimes I would be wearing a colourful coat, for instance. So these oh. are all the things that you don't do if you're turning up to football and you want to give it massive portions to the opposition support. Mm. Because it means that when people point at you and are doing all that, you know when people do that pointing me and you outside, right? Yeah. Me, I'll recognise yeah. you. Look at look at my... And I'll do it, you know, as a silly child man uh, with too mm. much drink inside me going, yeah, all right, mate, yeah, fine. Me and you're outside, toast to on the cobbles, one punch each, I'll go first. Mm. <laughs> Which is the offer I would always make to yeah. in any um, fighting situation. It's a standard yeah. travelling Londoner it offer, is. I'd isn't say, it? me and you, out on the cobbles, one punch on the cobbles, each, yep. I go first, yep. right? Yeah. Um, and... But then you'd obviously think, yeah, fuck that. As soon as I'm outside the ground, I'll just disappear into the crowd mm. and not have to but fight him at all. With your big, but it was not big, easy for me because I would be easily identifiable. So I give less mouth out these days. But yeah. who knows when the uh, you know when the urge could overtake me, and well, and then I could die. Yeah. It, it, the pharmacist gate proved that the, the urge is still in there. That Sometimes. The mouth is delivered with more precision. Exactly. I, I, I go around trying to be a more reasonable person, but at any moment, like a dog who suddenly reverts to <clears throat> its wolf, wolf instincts, I could just say something awful and then get killed. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we've cleared that up. I, mean, so I, wouldn't say, I would say if I was a betting own. man, I would say that I was the marginal favourite in conclusion. Okay. I mean, I think it might be me, but we'll see what happens. Um, You're likely to your, go. Your... Are you still doing your couch to 5K? No, nah, that kind of went by the wayside when I started oh. doing the live shows and everything. I kind well, of got out of the routine of it. I don't know whether that makes you more or less likely to die. Because on the one hand, yeah, you're trying to get fitter and make your heart healthier. But on the other hand, you read loads of stuff about people going out for a job trying to get fit and dropping dead from it. So, well... But um, someone I know who had a who had a heart condition um, was in a visiting a heart unit, a heart ward, if you like, at a hospital. Heart rig. Uh, yeah. The <laughs> Excuse heart me, rig. mate. Where's and your he, heart he rig? The, <laughs> and he asked the yeah, he asked the heart man. It was it was empty yeah. at the time. He says, "Who's all these beds for? You know, what's your what's your target <laughs> what's the, audience? What's the thing? tickle? What's the game here? What's the scam? <laughs> what's the what scam you got here? going on?" <laughs> and he said, "The heart man said to him, 50 year old marathon runners." Or marathon runners in their 50s, I think he said. There you go. And you think so, when you're doing it, you see them running about, they think that they... They're all thin and everything, running thin, around and yeah. that, yeah. Uh, well, don't forget, Andrew Marr had his stroke because he was fucking... He was running too much. You, Is you, that what it was? You can push yourself over the top. He, he had a insane mm. work schedule. You know, he was doing radio every day, TV show every week. He was also running, like, training for, like, hyper-marathons <clears throat> and writing. Yeah. And in the end, it's almost like you can push yourself too far and die from it. So I think what this leads us back to, as always, is the central mantra of this show, and that is just rest. 
Just rest. Just you know, uh, stop don't, for a don't, minute don't and think, you know what? All, all this stuff is just bullshit. You can just sit just back, rest. flick on TV, and see if you can find an old episode of Chip somewhere. Plus, as well, with Andrew Marr, the other thing is, as well, of course, that when you, you look at his, his, his creative output, mm. vast majority of it's complete shit. Yeah. So, so that must have been stressful know, for what's him. What's it all for? The what's knowledge, it all for? The knowledge of that. Do you think his Churning output's out been better or worse since he had his stroke? Do you think he got oh, better I think or it's worse? got worse. I mm. think it's got a lot worse, yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't care. Shall we, he um, hasn't got a podcast about Roy the Rovers. I bet he wishes he fucking did the prick. It's a oh, shame no. this one. Sorry, that was too one's... harsh. He's not. I'm not saying Andrew Mars a prick. I never met him. I'm sure he's a decent bloke. Mm, I suspect <laughs> he's not. I suspect he's quite the prick. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a shame that this is this is going to be called the Melchester Odyssey Part Forty because really, realistically, it could be called Fuck Andrew Mar. And that wouldn't be too far from the truth. But um, never mind. We'll what about do, the we'll bit do some where he has rules. a weird act and he'll go, and now, uh, thank you, Home Secretary. You, I wish, listeners, mm. you could see my impression of Andrew Mark because it's really good visually, right? Look at Andy, you're not even looking at me. Look at this. I can't see it because you've got your video paused. I think you're looking at something on your, on your phone, yeah. I can see you now, yeah. Um, thank you, Home Secretary. Now joining us live in the studio is... The Lighthouse Family. <laughs> Catfish in a bottle, men. <laughs> uh, lifted. You've gone again. We can be lifted. You're having technical issues there. We can be lifted. Sam's so having technical issues. He's trying to reconnect his phone at the moment. <clears throat> so I'll just keep talking so that I don't have to edit this bit out uh, before it gets released to the to the listening masses. He's still reconnecting. This could go on for quite a while. This could be a problem for us. I might have to edit this bit out. Sam's video is now yeah, paused. Yeah, I'm back, I'm back. Are you there, Sam? He's back. back. I just filled in. I just had a chat with the with the cunters while you were away oh, so good. that I haven't got to edit it. Yeah, did you so hear me singing Lifted, though? By the uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll not find out till you've sent over your half of the thing. Yeah, I will have heard it. It'll be on there. Okay. All right, you well, probably that's will the, need that's editing, the most it? important thing. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, that. anyway, Roy the Rovers. Hmm. Right, 5th of September, 1981. And this is uh, this is the first proper match of the season, which is weird because the actual start of the season would have begun about three weeks before, I think, in August. They haven't had a uh, break at all, really, have they? No, they were come up out in of that Scotland. They pre-season were, thing. They made a TV show. They responded to relegation by in three ways. First, they somehow pulled off a lucrative new kit deal with Gola. Hmm. Second, they signed up to make a reality TV show, constructed reality. And thirdly, they went on a Beano to Scotland. Is that an appropriate response to the humiliation of defeat? Of Feels relegation? more like a celebration, doesn't it? Feels more like a celebration and to me. Now, Hubris. Now, out they come on the first day of the season. In Division 2. They do not look in the least bit humbled by relegation. Quite the opposite, in fact. It's a packed well, stadium. They've got a full house. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's just see what it says. It, we've yeah. got the front cover this time. So the team have been given the front cover of the, the comic for that week. And they're coming out onto the pitch out of the tunnel at uh, Mel Park. And it says, It was a new experience for Melchester Rovers taking the field for the first match of a new season against Barnbury City, a second division team. I wonder if the writers had to come up with an entire second division. Or whether they had one already, whether they, they'd already got 
you know, the, think, the Melchester universe. They'd already created the, yeah. the names of all the teams. What, right down to Division 4? Right be, down to Division 4, or even non-league as well. That would be pretty impressive if they did. I mean, certainly at the very least, they'll reuse some clubs who they'd used previously in the first division, who they're now claiming have been relegated. Do you know what I mean? Mm, so they'll have yeah. some in their back pocket. Plus, don't forget, Melchester often come up against lower league sides in the um, FA Cup. So True. they'll True. have a few up the sleeve. I'm assuming that someone in the operation kept a big file, and it would have been a file, it wouldn't have been a computer a in those days, with mm. everything, with a family mm. sort of tree, if you will. Um, mm. They do that. On should East, have done. They do that on EastEnders, apparently, because obviously yeah. it's been yeah. running for so long, it, there were numerous potential plot holes, and so there is an archivist who has to check all the scripts to make sure it kind of adds up in relation to previous storylines. In the Walford universe. Yeah, and I'm yeah. assuming there's something similar in the Melchester universe. Mm. I would insist on that. If I was in charge of Roy the Rovers, I would insist on that being the case. You know what the Definitely. irony is, right? They do it on EastEnders, and they seem to do it on Roy the Rovers, and yet the most poured over and obsessed about and detail-conscious uh piece of intellectual property ever created Star Wars right yeah no fucker is paying attention to anything on that really well they can't be because no <laughs> every film sort of bears no relation to the last and they keep like yeah. like someone dies and then just comes back and it's almost yeah. like it's not that they they don't bother explaining it because they've literally whoever made the film didn't know that that character had died or had forgotten yeah. so they just bring him back without explanation and there's an outcry from the fans and George Lucas will just go, ah, fuck it, I don't care. What the fuck do I care? Fucking get <laughs> alive. Get alive, go out, get some fresh air, meet a fucking bird. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? <coughs> it's all make-believe anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, let's have a look. It says, uh, yeah, Barnbury City as a second division team, but fresh from their triumph in a tournament in Scotland, mighty Melchester... Give their fans something else to cheer about. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and the, some of the fans are going, hooray! And another one goes, they've got a brand new strip. No, they just, they just say, they've got brand new strip. They forgot to put the A in. They've got, maybe that's they've got a native, brand new strip. It's a Native American fan. Because <laughs> Melchester was Charlie such a... Charlie Carter's son. They were such a global brand, Melchester. It's like Liverpool, man. You get fans coming from all over the world to watch them. And this is... The, there was a... Native American Iroquois, it was called the Iroquois Melchester Supporters Club. Every year we organise on big trip, boys trip, out uh, over to men only, only, no squaws. (laughs) Absolutely no squaws at all, not allowed. Oh, kiddies. We all get on plane, um, on, on Great Iron Bird. (laughs) <laughs> we all get on Great Iron Bird and fly to a land called United Kingdom, where King John, King George reigns supreme. I tried to arrange meeting face to face with King George to smoke peace pipe whilst there. He not available. We go see Melchester Rovers instead. Fantastic atmosphere at Mel Park. <laughs> Unbelievable. And this year... 1981, they've got brand new strip. Jalapeño. 
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Jalapeño. Great year to visit. Prices down due to relegation. But atmosphere at Mel Park, still first class. Great pie, great crack all round. Om love Britain. 1981, specials at number one in chart with Ghost Town. Charles and Di married. <laughs> Fantastic time to visit. Glorious nation. with Falkland Islands and Argentina. But hopefully can be smoothed over. American missiles based at Greenham Common. Um, big controversy. <laughs> Lesbians protest. Lesbian peace camp. <laughs> we visit lesbian peace camp, but are asked to leave. <laughs> Lesbians only. Um, um, awkward situation for whole tribe. <laughs> we too hate the big American missile. <laughs> but we're not lesbians <laughs> sure we look a bit like lesbians but we're not <laughs> but I tell you they're no fall in them they see our touches <laughs> they ask to check <laughs> before we come into camp <laughs> we, we think um luck is in but no <laughs> um luck Admin. is in <laughs> but this strip they wore this fucking strip in the friendly up in Scotland did no one take a photograph of that and put it in the local newspaper has nah. there not been an announcement by the nowadays club? kits get leaked online before, about yeah. two months before they're even out don't they yeah not back then you so wouldn't know, know it is. you wouldn't see it until you turned up on the first day of the season that's what was exciting <laughs> it's amazing isn't it you wouldn't I remember looking at West Ham match reviews when I was a kid and, if, you know, I wouldn't have been to the game. And so I'd excitedly get the newspaper on a Sunday yeah. to look at the grainy black and white picture yeah. of West Ham's first game of the season. And you wouldn't know anything until the next day. Like, often even the team news. I mean, I suppose you might got it off teletext. But you'd think, oh, who was in the lineup? You might know mm. the score. You'd think, who was in the lineup, And then you'd see a picture of one, maybe your new player in action wearing mm. a new kit. And it would blow your mind. You'd be like, oh, my Did God. Did you not, though... Did did you not have a football pink? Did you not have a Saturday evening newspaper? No, didn't have them in London. Oh, we did. No, it most northern most northern most northern cities had them, didn't they? The pink. And, yeah, and um, we, had the, we had the football. No, London echo, never and had it. Was, it. <clears throat> I sw- honestly, it was in the shops by six pm. It's incredible. And to this day, I have got no fucking idea how that worked. How no. they put together a newspaper and printed it off and got it up the shops by six o'clock. Yeah, I mean, it's astounding, and it's astounding. It makes no sense. No, no one ever tried to do that 
in the capital. Maybe they did and it failed. Probably the listener will get in touch and let us know. Some it's probably too well, big an there area. there was a London pig. But probably too big an area with too many yeah. clubs to cover, I suppose, because that was, was just the, the football that would have just covered Sunderland. Yeah, so it's easy. You just so, needed um, one match but, report. That's it. Out. Yeah, I mean, the rest of it they put together beforehand, but it, it, it still does my head in that it was in the shops by 6pm. And yeah. that, to me, is a greater achievement than anything the internet's ever done. Yeah, it was basically the internet, but physical. It was called physical yeah. internet. Yeah. Like, very photo- much like microfiche. photographs on the match as well. Wow. In London, they distributed, they knocked on every door. By Before 8 o'clock, you'd have a knock on the door and there'd be a young <clears> lad <throat> in ragged trousers and a big yeah. flat cap on a bicycle. Mm. And he would simply, you'd knock on the door and he'd go, microfiche delivery, and he'd hand you over a piece of microfiche. Yeah, and you'd that, take it up to your machine. That would be your match report. And some, if, if you were rich, you'd have your own mm. microfiche at home. Um, but that was only for the very but richest people if, in the if community. You weren't, if you weren't rich, though, you'd, have, you'd go down to the local pub and they'd do a, they'd do a match report in sing-song form, wouldn't they? Yeah, about 7 it'd, it'd be a knees-up. They'd have a match report, knees-up, they'd sing the teams and up. then the... Yeah. The highlights and all that sort of thing. Oh, the opening exchanges were cagey in both halves. <laughs> <laughs> sort of that kind of vibe. Or like, many of us, I'd just go down to the... I was too young for the pub, so I'd just go to the mm. local library. But you'd queue you for sometimes up to seven hours because mm. the, there'd be just the one microfiche machine mm-hmm. and everyone would be there with their microfiche Have waiting to read their match yeah. report. So. Yeah. The deadlock was broken on 24 minutes. Across <laughs> from the right was volleyed beside <laughs> the keeper's <laughs> left side. Oh, Mr. Hitler, we've got <laughs> you on the run. Oh, no. <laughs> when me old wedding ring was new. There was a, All it, together now, it, it, one, it, one and half time, uh, no <laughs> changes were made. <laughs> the fullbacks pushing up, they were playing the high press. <laughs> of course, they didn't have the high press back then. Nah. So, yeah, the, one of the fan shouts, they've got brand new strip, which should be common knowledge by now, you would think. And then another one pipes up, and new haircuts too. Especially Mervyn and Charlie. <laughs> I've been laughing at their fucking haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> They've got new haircuts. <laughs> They've changed their appearance. Let's mock Shut them. up. Especially Fuck two off. of them. They all have haircuts, but Mervyn and Charlie especially have haircuts. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> well, what I mean is, is that they had more haircuts off than the others. The others just had a trim. Okay, now. <laughs> Are you going to keep this up all through the game, cunt? <laughs> Because if you are, if you are, you're going to have to move. I, I'm merely pointing out an amusing detail. It's not fucking amusing. It's weird. Charlie, Charlie Carter, he's practically had his restyled. Look at it. They, You'd think he would have maybe applied a little bit of dye and a bit of darkened colour. They are um, pretty drastic haircuts, though, to be fair to that cunt in the crowd. Mervyn yeah, Wallace, he was high. They were both fucking Jew haircuts because Mervyn yeah, Wallace Charlie was still. Especially. Mervyn Wallace was still really stuck in the 70s with his tash mm. and his like shoulder length hair. You know, he looked like someone out of a fucking pub rock band, didn't he, from the 70s? But if you just skim back about four issues, Sam, and look in the top left hand corner, what used to be in the, the front of the each one, it's got a picture of Roy with 
uh, a very, very 1970s hairstyle. If you can find it. Do you see where above, next to the left where it says Roy of the Rovers? That looks 1970s. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. It goes quite far back. Very, oh, very that, that, shaggy. That, 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 that. And it's sort of, what he's had there is some curls put in. So, mm. as you know, I'm reading the 1970s book at the moment with my son, and that is how he appears throughout that. Throughout that. that. That's yeah. like he's sort of had a mild perm. On top, it's sort of centre parted, but there's a curl in it, and certainly at the sides, <laughs> it almost curls inwards like a page boy bob. You know what he looks like? He looks like a fucking shagger, doesn't he? Oh yeah, not much. Fucking shag machine. I tell you, he looks Whereas... a lot like David Cassidy, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Whereas not so much now. Um, what else have we got on this front cover? So the players are coming out with their new haircuts. Now, uh, we've do you also know who he looks got. Like now? Do you know? What was that? You know, Drop the Dead Donkey? Mm-hmm. You know the guy who, who wore a fancy suit and was basically the boss? He wasn't one of the news team. He was the executive. Yeah, was he called, was he called Gus? Gus. He looks like Gus from Drop the... Or certainly his yeah, hairstyle looks does. like that of Gus. So that was a, If you were an 80s media executive, he, you had hair like that. And that's, yeah. that's the look he's gone for. And a pastel suit, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Royal get into pastel suit. Is it a proto yuppie almost, isn't he? Yeah, I'm into that yuppie stuff now, Blackie. <laughs> I'm it's pioneering that, I, it. I was down I was down in London for an away game against Wolford, right? And it's all the rage. But you know, to be the part you gotta fucking look the part, haven't you? So I bought this daft pink suit and got my hair done like him out of drop the dead donkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks boss yeah. bo- it looks boss Roy. Can I point something else out? I've just noticed here. Um, Blackie Gray's coming out behind Roy and he's got the match ball under his arm. Have you seen the fucking size of the match ball? It's gigantic. <laughs> it's it's a ju- fucking medicine it's ball. It's a medicine ball. <laughs> it, if you headed that, it would cave your skull in. <laughs> your skull would be like an eggshell under that ball if it came down from any decent height. And I, this is an old 1960s football anyway. It's quite aside yeah. from the size, which is enormous. It's brown leather, and that's really yeah. heavy. Now, by the 1980s, they were playing with proper lightweight white footballs, for fuck's sake. Well, there was the, the Premier League's just introduced a new ball over the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? It's got mm. some, like, sort of stripy panels on it. that it, the, the, the panels, you can see sort of the flight of the direction of the ball and all that. Mm. And I like it. I like it a lot. Because it reminds me of the one that was around in 1980, which had red panels on. Uh, and that's the one that Justin Fashion who scored that goal with for Norwich against was, Liverpool. Yeah, I had one that, funny enough, Archie Buchanan, recurring character mm-hmm. uh, from my youth, he got a job in Harrods, uh, you know, wow. the, like on the shop floor. It didn't last. The vans? No, no, he was on the shop floor. He was, I, don't know he? What, I don't know what department. But a salesman. He had a million different jobs. I mean, in the short time he lived with us, he was um, obviously when he first joined us, he was the milkman. That's how my mum mm. met him. And no, actually, she met him up the disco. She met him up the disco, up the Chat Noir, the Black Cat, which was yeah. a disco she went to. And she, I think she met him there. Uh, but anyway, he was a milkman, he was a builder, he was a cabbie, and he briefly got a job um, as a shop assistant of some sort in one of Harrods departments. Anyway, the reason I remember that is that during his period there, he got me, he said to me, I'm going to get you a professional football. That's what he called it, a professional <laughs> football. I was running around at school going, ah, my mum's friend Archie's going to get me a professional football. 
And <laughs> unlike most of his promises, which were utter bullshit, he did fucking come home from mm. work one night with one of them red panelled footballs. And it was the nice. first ever level football I had. And yeah. it was the one that they used when you watched the big match. It so was. I was it fucking was. delighted. Yeah. I, uh, he it was brilliant. It. Mm. So that was 1980 when Fashioner scored that goal. So that ball was in play in the first division. But this is the second division. So maybe they were using horrible brown leather balls in the second division then. Maybe well, that's just, just, a just the one extra Lampard fact is that I'm pretty sure that until the Premier League era, certainly in the 80s, there was no standard ball. Right, you, right. There, there wasn't a ball that everyone knew, so each club had their own football deal. So, right. for instance, West Ham had Minerva, right? Minerva yeah. Supreme was the name of the ball. So, in all the old sort of in the like the pull-out pictures of the squad, I'd have on my wall, blue tap to my wall. Mm. They'd always the guy at the front would be holding a ball, right? And it would they'd have a, or a few balls along the front, and it'd be Minerva Supreme because that was part of the, the deal. Minerva. The ball appeared in all their sort of publicity shots. And so, you know, they might have had a, whatever, an Umbro football, a, a mitre at Manchester mm. United, I don't know. But each club had their own ball deal. And it was only once the Premier League started joint negotiating. Funny how the Premier, so much about Premier League is, is sort of socialist in a way, which is weird because usually things happen the other way around. In most businesses, they used to be collective, right? Yeah. And then they became, as capitalism became more rampant, it became more individualistic. But the Premier League is a rare case of it was formed in the 90s and it remains today something that at its heart is about sharing out the dough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's the same with the well, football deal. That's why they go and do the, 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 the collective deal with Nike, get some much more money than the more running around doing individual doing deals. Own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff there, Sam. Yeah, sorry, mate. I don't know why I went into that. <laughs> I apologise so, to everyone uh, listening. I can't take my eyes off Blackie's massive fucking brown ball. I, I, I don't understand how that's been allowed to happen on the front they're, cover, but they're, there it they're is. coming out. Do you know what they're coming out? Like, Mervyn Wallace is waving to the crowd, right? Mm. And they're all beaming happy. And I don't know, fine, I'm, I'm glad they're happy, I suppose, but it appears that there's a carnival atmosphere and they're coming mm. out, not like it's the first day of the season in the second division, but like they're about to do a lap of honour for winning the yeah. first division. And I just, there's yeah, something about almost. that that rankles. Well, it's the culture of the club, isn't it? We've discussed this before. Yeah. Um, hopefully it'll bite them on the arse in the first match at least, but we'll find that out next we time because we've run out, Sam. Well, we've spent this entire episode just covering the fucking front cover of the 5th of September Well, it's a classic front cover, mate. It is, so, it is. Yeah, I'd have sat I regret looked at nothing. this for hours on end, I think, back then. I think, in, uh, that, in, in fact, fuckers, if you're dissatisfied, get this. The next episode, we're going to talk entirely about this cover again and not move on. <laughs> We might not move on for the next three weeks. There's still loads more to go through on this cover, so yeah, get ready. We haven't, even, we haven't even touched on the bit at the top where it says Super Competition plus Gary Shaw. Exactly right. Or the bit further down that says Roy of the Rovers football kits to be won. Yeah, precisely. Um, so, yeah, we'll do that next week. If you don't like it, get fucked. Fuck off, bro.